Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. A teenage delinquent by the name of Sammy, played by Mia Check, befriends a surly magician, played by Rhea Perlman, who helps her navigate her inner demons and a dysfunctional family with sleight of hand magic, a coming of age comedy that touches on unlikely friendships, grief, and finding hope in the darkest moments. The film is called Marvelous and the Black Hole. And we're joined today by the director and writer of Marvelous and the Black Hole. That would be Kate Zhang. Kate, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. Well, tell me a little bit about this story because it's a, it's a, it touches on some serious issues regarding loss and grief and kind of coming to terms with life, especially on the kind of cusp of life that uh, we find with Sammy. Uh, what inspired the story? So the story was inspired by my um, sort of childhood. My, my parents got divorced when I was young and I was moved back and forth between their home in the Bay Area and Hong Kong for years. And it was really isolating. Um, and I was depressed and very angry at the time. And my grandfather moved to the Bay to watch me because my mom was a single mom. And he could tell I was going through it. And he didn't judge me. He just validated me and became the best friend I needed in that moment. And his friendship really changed my life. And when I was writing this script, I, I was asking myself, why do I do what I do, which is tell stories. And I could pinpoint it back to my grandfather, because he would tell these stories that were really sort of transportative, and also were able to, you know, bring me so much joy and make me see that there's a lot of beauty and pain in life, and that it's all worthwhile. It, approaching these characters, I based a lot of Sammy and Margot's relationship on my relationship with my grandfather. And another touch point with this film is that growing up, the films that brought me the most comfort, that made me laugh, made me, you know, brought me joy, made me feel less alone. Those films were like coming of age fantasy films, like Edward Scissorhands or E.T. I love those films, but I never saw anybody that looked like me in them. So this was my answer to that. I wanted to make a film that 13-year-old me would have really wanted and loved at that time. In the film, we see these recreations of what looks like an older film from maybe the 50s and 60s. Was that part, what inspired that part? Because I really liked, the, that was a nice touch in the film. I, get, I thought it gave, it just gave a lot of heart to the, to the film, the way that you were able to tell that part of the story. Yeah, those um, black and white sequences are influenced um, by wuxia films um, that when I was growing up in Hong Kong, um, there was only like a few like public um, access channels and the, they would play these older musicals, these kung fu martial arts magical musicals at midnight and I, I had insomnia. So I just like stayed up all night watching these things and I remember just really being blown away by how goofy but also beautiful and like, you know, fantastical these things were. Um, and so I just wanted to bring that kind of energy to this and have like Sammy's escape be yeah. mirrored in that. Yeah. 
Well, it's a cool touch. I like the moon, uh, and I'm not going to give away too much here, but the moon part of it, it harkens back to the very first films ever made, right? About the first, very first sort of real films, not just pictures of somebody with a gun shooting into a camera. It was an actual storyline. The Melees, am I saying that right? Melees? Yeah, um, Melees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that part of it, which I thought, again, it gives that fanciful kind of uh, light touch to what in what the story that is being told is a little bit heavier. So it gives it this wonderful kind of flavor to the way that that part of the film unfolds. And yeah, I I, I always appreciate levity with uh, my my drama. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, how you came upon uh, Mia Check and what you were hoping to get from her and her character of Sammy. My producer Carolyn. Mo and I knew the casting, the, whoever we were going to cast for Sammy needed to be, you know, really seasoned and just like spot on because Sammy is in every scene, mm-hmm. basically. And we are also an indie feature with limited time um, and with an actor that young, you only get five hours on camera with them. So we needed somebody who like just was or like could embody the character quite easily and just got it and our casting director amy renee saw maybe hundreds of um, actors for this role and we brought in maybe a handful just for one-on-one auditions and i connected with a couple of them but mia came in she was the last audition of the day and just like blew us away like she just understood the character so inherently and like there's this feeling when when somebody walks in and you just know this is it and i remember like producer and i like running out to the parking lot afterwards just so giddy we had finally found her if you've seen mia in her interviews she's nothing like sammy which is like a testament to like how great of an actor she is um like so part, part of my process is sitting down with an actor to like go through the script together to like get on the same page before we start shooting. And she had all these really great questions and it's clear that she really just understood Sammy. And this partnering her with a, a very seasoned actor in the, in the part of uh, Rhea Perlman is uh, who was just wonderful there's a little bit of a Harold and Maude vibe to that relationship. Is that, yeah. would that be fair to say? I mean, yes, that was definitely one of our references for the yeah. film. Yeah. It feels like Harold and Maude. She, you know, Sammy is Harold and then she's Maude. And she's such a wonderful performer. It's so good to see her in these kind of roles because I grew up with her as, you know, the kind of gruff waitress in, from the TV series Cheers. She was kind of at a, a, a snarky sort of sarcastic vibe to her character. And I've seen her in other roles that are kind of like that, but to see her in this role, she's so sweet and loving, although she's tough love as well as we see in the film, but she's just a great counterpoint to what Sammy is and what she's going through. Yeah. Um, we knew with Margot, we needed to cast somebody who had grit, and also heart and softness at the same time, because Sammy's not going to react to somebody who is like, you know, lovey-dovey or to, you know, that that kind of way. Um, she needs somebody that's sort of more on her level. And when thinking about grit and heart, you know, like Rhea is just top of mind for me. And 
I grew up watching Cheers with my mom, like it was sort of our weekly thing. And to be able to work with Rhea was like such a gift. And she's such a generous actor as well. Um, she really like sort of like watched over us and like was so generous with Mia as well. Like, um, and it was so cute, like watching them with like, one of their first times meeting was like, we all saw a magic show together and then they also took magic lessons. And so they would learn how to do magic tricks and like Mia would help Rhea with like, oh, I can sort of see your card there. You should maybe change your hand position and Rhea would do the same for me. And they were just like looking out for each other right away. And it's like really incredible to see. Yeah, and I don't know how, how much this carries over, but it's such a filmmaking family between Danny DeVito and Rio Perlman. They've gone on and done their own projects and they sort of come out of a, a filmmaker's sensibility. So having her, I'm certain having her on set would have was kind of a stabilizing thing or what what was the vibe like when she's Yeah, yeah. Like Rhea is on top of being a, a phenomenal actor, a really good human being <laughs> like it's just wonderful to be around and just really kind and just said generous with her time and with her care and yeah it, i i felt uh yeah like it, we were <laughs> like a little family it was very sweet let me remind our listeners that we're speaking with Kate Zhang. She is the director and writer of the new film coming out on April 22nd, new film called Marvelous and the Black Hole. You'll want to be looking for this. It's being released through Film Rise. It'll be out on the 22nd in theaters, as well as on VOD coming out in uh, a few days later on the 28th of April as well. So be looking for it. Let's talk about the story a little bit more um, because as I alluded to earlier, it is about grief, uh, loss, um, dealing in a, the family dynamic of, of uh, the mother being gone and the father trying to kind of uh, be a dad and being also uh, helping everyone kind of get through this process while he himself is getting through, going through the same, same kinds of issues that uh, the, his daughters are. And how important was that for you in telling the story, uh, being a part of the story? Yeah, the Sammy's relationship with her father was definitely the, like the sort of undercurrent, like the heart of it for me. Yeah. Like it was important for me to have this family, to recognize that each one of these members of the family are dealing with the situation in their own way. And the question is, how do you come together or reconcile the fact that you all have different ways of approaching grief and healing? And are in different stages of yeah. dealing with that as well. Uh, well, um, my hat's off to Leonardo Nam. It's a terrific performance from him. I thought it was very calibrated and very measured. His character didn't seem to overreact to anything. I mean, it just felt like a very natural uh, trying to do all the right things, but at the same time being frustrated by Sammy's inability to kind of behave herself, if you will. But I thought his performance was terrific in the film and I, obviously a key character in telling the story. Leo is such also another incredibly generous and gifted actor. And we actually had another actor who was cast in the role of the father, but 24 hours before we were about to shoot, he had to step away for a family emergency and the train was already going. We're like, oh no, what do we do? Um, we needed to find somebody who was going to be game to jump on this moving train 
you know, with very little notice and also really talented. And Leo just stepped in and we like, we had called everybody in our Asian American film network asking like, do you know any actors? And like Leo came to our rescue and he was, you know, with very little preparation time was able to just jump right in. And one of the first scenes we had to shoot with him was a more difficult, like intense scene with him and Sammy. But we had sort of developed this system of how to like calibrate the performance where like it was a color system or is black and red and like black is like covering more what you're feeling and red is letting it loose. And so like, that's how we could easily with very little time be able to work on the performance together. Wow. That's, that's a really interesting and inventive way to go about it, especially under the circumstances, right? No rehearsal time. Yeah. Wow. That's great. I also make um, sort of character decks where I have like shapes that sort of like embody the character. If you're like a visual person that helps or like all these sort of like um, mood boards for the characters that I also give the actors beforehand. So I tried to give as much material as help, but like Leo definitely like studied like within the 24 hours that he had and like brought all his tools to help me as well. Yeah, no, he's, it's a, just a terrific performance. I thought, I thought it's a tricky one because there's another woman in his life who he's trying to sort of bring into the family in the best possible way he can navigating all of the, all of that uh, anger that would accompany someone who isn't their mom coming into the family situation. And uh, I thought he would, I thought it, his performance was really, as I said, sort of that calibrated really felt appropriate and, and authentic in the, in the way that he went about it. So uh, congratulations to him and to you as well on the work. The reaction to the film has been quite good. I know that uh, the reviews I've read have been pretty consistent in, in sort of identifying it as kind of a good family film, which I assume that was part of what you were hoping for, but it also in a way that doesn't talk down to the, to, to the audience. And um, just talk a little bit about sort of the reaction to the film so far has been, as I said, quite good. And, yeah, it's been um, it's been, uh, it's been really nice to see that it's resonating with folks. And um, in terms of the cat, you know, finding that balance of not talking down to younger folks um, who might be watching the film, I I look up to film masters like Miyazaki, who who makes family films, but and they're they're usually protagonists are young people, but. You, you never talk down to them because you know they're so intelligent and they'll understand like young kids and teens are so smart you really don't need to explain too much um and same with um like tim burton like those are the films i grew up that gave people you know the benefit of doubt that they can understand really hard things that are going on don't make it awkward don't make it forced right then in those kind of situations can make all the difference in the world and that's that's the balance I think you struck here. And you mentioned at the very onset of our, our conversation, just how, how when you were growing up, you didn't see yourself in stories like this. Now, yeah. how, how, how it must feel for you now on, on, in this part of your career and where you sit, you're able to now, now that's something you can do. You can have an impact, right? Yeah. It's, um, it's an incredible um, honor and you know, almost like a duty that I feel like I want to be able to 
keep putting images that I wish existed when I was younger that show me on screen or show my family and show my community on the screen. And um, it's a really exciting time right now because there's like so many great movies coming out that are doing that too. Like Disney's turning red or um, Pixar's turning red or um, the Daniels, everything, everywhere, all at once. These are films I wish existed when I was younger. And it's incredible that they do now. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you on the work. Uh, the film again is called Marvelous in the Black Hole. And anything I'm, you'd like to mention before we, we part company here, or is there any? Uh, please we... go see it in theaters. And if you like it, please tell all your friends. Hopefully find some time to come back and join us again for the next project. Again, the film Marvelous and the Black Hole. We've been talking to writer, director, Kate Sang. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for uh, having you're me. You're welcome. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.